0: Hi everyone, and warmly welcome to our podcast, "An Inclusive Labour Market," with us at Mitliv and our super special guest that will join us for talks about DNI. And the purpose of this interview series is to get behind the scenes and learn more about DNI from a CEO perspective. And you will have the chance to meet some amazing CEOs in some of the largest companies and get their view on why DNI and how walk the talk. But for you who doesn't know much about us or nothing at all, we have been around with. Rep- Mid-League since we founded it in 2008. And our vision is to work for an inclusive society and a labor market that values diversity. So if you want to learn more about us, you can check out our homepage, mitliv.com. And today, we have the big honor to have a true role model joining us for this conversation and who knows a lot about leadership. As CEO for Kicks. and warmly welcome Freddy Sobin. How are Thank
1: you
2: today? You I'm great, Sophia. I'm great. Uh, I woke up in a fantastic winter day here in Stockholm. I'm uh, energized, motivated to get going, and really looking forward to, to our talk right now.
0: Thank you. But as a leader, I'm just curious is there any room for you to have a bad day? Or how do you rewire your brain when waking up in a, in a less good mood? Uh, well, I mean,
2: uh, being a CEO, you're only human, right? Uh, but if you have a d- bad day, you need to either leave it, leave it at home when you walk out the door, uh, or take it with you back home when you, when you come back. But I think during the workday, there's really no, no room for that. No. You need to be on your toes. You need to, I think be positive and optimistic and really mm. motivate people all day long. Right. Mm. So, uh, so you need to keep that inside and I think, you know, uh, take it afterwards instead.
0: Yeah. So I'm really curious, uh, about bit of your journey, if you'd like to share some of the big milestones in your life that actually brought you to to the role as CEO for Kix. What has been the big milestones in life, you think?
2: Well, I think, I mean, from a career perspective, I think uh, my my first job was just kind of by accident. Uh, I joined an e-commerce startup back in 2005, threaty.se and that was just by chance. It was, you know, two months old company. We started from scratch. It was just a fantastic journey. E-commerce was kind of, you know, the first boom and wave was kind of, you know, a failure. So nobody really believed in it. Uh, We were selling home appliances, white goods online. Nobody believed that would work either, logistics-wise. So I think that kind of put me on the kind of digital and e-commerce journey. Um, And after that, you know, it's been uh, a few different companies, both, uh, you know, as CEO, but also from a board perspective um and ultimately it led me here to kicks and the axel johnson group
0: that's interesting but is this something like back before you started your professional career that you see is the reason or has taken you forward as a leader
2: i think leadership is something you always kind of have to train you need to develop within and learn and and so i think it also it's it's all about self-insight you need to know yourself who you are um otherwise it's going to be a difficult journey I think as a leader mm-hmm. um I mean I did I did work some at summer camps and have had kind of that kind of you know leadership training early on uh so that might have helped definitely uh but I think one of the greatest uh things in life the real life changer that helped me in my leadership was also getting kids right
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> <it is. laughs> that, that's a great
2: training actually uh
0: they they always bring you down to earth
1: oh yes and <laughs> question you.
0: everything we do yeah. <laughs> you have to be solution minded every yeah. day when you wake up so it's a really good training but yeah. how how do you think dni has has uh, has a link to your choices uh, in in your professional career
2: well i think it i mean i think it's Recent years, it's it's more when I've started thinking about it, really like you know diversity and inclusion. But I think it's been with me for quite some time. I mean, uh, if you look at just my my hair color, kind of uh, you know growing up uh, in the eighties, uh, having black hair in Sweden. You now I very often got the question, you know, where are you from?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and it could be you know riding the bus. It could be you know in very different situations and contexts. People I didn't even know, but they still asked me, somehow. Uh, and then it was like oh you speak really well Swedish Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was like well yeah I'm born here so were my parents so but uh, yeah sure I mean uh, and and I think that's kind of a feeling that that I've had for a long time I mean I didn't feel uh, excluded in any way but just understanding how it might feel uh, Mm -hmm. to get that kind of a question and be looked at it that way I think I've had that with me for a long time Mm -hmm. Uh, and also I think in really when joining the Axel Johnson group and kind of you know the view that, that the companies and you know, corporations are a force for good
1: mm-hmm. uh, in
2: society. And I think that really resonates well with me. Mm. Because uh, I might not have that much faith for our uh, politicians to solve these issues. I think we as companies can do so much more and have to do so much more. Mm. Um, so I think that there are kind of various perspectives. And also, um, in a, one of my previous uh, companies where I was CEO, we, we were active in 15 countries. Mm. Uh, so it was the nordics the baltics central Eastern europe so it was a lot of uh different cultures different people and kind of a lot of clashing as well between cultures mm. and then but when we got that to work when we got it to be one company one culture i saw the fantastic force and the power in that so that was wow. kind of you know seeing the diversity aspect mm. when it works at its best right
0: yeah uh, and do, so. do you have any like very hands-on uh cases where you actually can see correlations with, between profitability and, and, and diversity somehow?
2: Right. I, I mean, I actually think Cakes is the best example where I am at right now. Uh, so I mean, we, we measure it in various ways, right? But, but I think we have 230 stores in, in three countries mm-hmm. right now. And I think the stores that we see are working the best are the stores with diverse teams. They are the stores where we meet the local market, the local customers, and the local society as they are. Meaning we are representative also in in our staffing, in our workforce. Mm. And I think that mirroring is really, you know, because you need to recognize yourself also, you know, with with the seller, with the salesperson. Mm. Uh, So I think that kind of, you know, that has been great to see in Kix where we really see it being a a strong correlation with Mm. uh, profitability.
0: and also, I'm, I'm a bit curious about you have an, yeah, an owner uh, with very strong values. Is that important for you that the values is like, a, you, know, going through the board, the owners and, and the organization? Do you choose your roles after, after the values around the organization you take a leadership in?
2: Well, I I don't think I had that aspect before, you know, having this role actually, but I definitely will take it with me afterwards. Mm. Uh, Because it is definitely so much easier to work, you know, as a CEO in a company, when the owners and the board is fully committed to both sustainability from a climate and, you know, environmental perspective, but also social responsibility.
1: Mm. And I
2: think the two are really two sides of the same coin. Mm. Uh, So when you kind of, you know, also get a positive pressure from above that you know you're expected to work with these topics
1: yeah i think it's
2: just fantastic yeah because i've been in companies also where it has become kind of more of a budget question you know mm. we have got to do it but we can't afford it right now we'll yeah. do it next year instead mm. uh, but so so i i think that's really something i'll take with me you know if if you can get that alignment from the top down mm. uh, it's just great and and i can, i mean we have monthly town hall meetings with the entire company at kicks where we talk about different things and have everybody updated.
0: Mm. Uh, and
2: we, when we talk about sustainability, social responsibility, I mean, there, there's just so much engagement and, and you know, positivity yeah. and energy. So mm. I think it's really a topic that's really, you know, uh, in, in modern times, it's, it's just so relevant to talk about it. Mm. Uh, so also to strengthen us as an employer. Yeah. Uh, our employees expect us to work with these questions. And that yeah, that's pretty amazing.
0: It's not so common, you think. They they do stick out with that, maybe more and more become aware of how yeah. important it is. Yeah. But still, they maybe. are the, the pushers <laughs> to yeah. to inspire more to do more, maybe. Yeah, but, maybe
2: but, I, I think maybe you know we as we're active in the beauty industry, right? And I think that's yeah. something very individual, personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a few years ago, we actually formulated a, a purpose to be a truly mm-hmm. purpose-driven company. Uh, and, and, you know, for us, it was just three simple words that are, that are so powerful. Set yeah. beauty free, oh. meaning that, you know, beauty is something that comes from within. It's something that's individual. Mm. Uh, and that our purpose here is to help ev- each and every customer to feel beautiful just as mm. they are. Mm.
1: Um,
2: so really taking on a big, you know, diversity kind of commitment in that mm. like. as one aspect of that purpose.
0: That's cool. But would you like to share some about how what are the real tools that you use to actually develop an inclusive uh, organizational culture because I think the most common question we get at Mitliv is how do we do this how when is it successful so it would be yeah what do you do kicks <laughs>
2: <laughs> well I, I mean uh, just like we said before I think if it really comes from the owners and the board it's even more so powerful Mm. Uh, so we actually have, you know, reporting on a few KPIs with this uh, mm. to the board each quarter. So I think that's really taking it serious. And I think having that kind of a tracking and measurement tool in place for various perspectives, the ones at least that you're allowed to measure, I think can really help you. So, so we do measure, uh, for example, uh, diversity in some aspects. Mm. Um, and that's also something that we talked about once again in, in our, you know, monthly town hall meetings mm. with all staff. That, you know, mm. this is our diversity inclusion strategy. This is yeah. right now how we're tracking on our KPIs and our goals to get
1: there. Mm. Mm. So
2: we're, and, and we're talking about that, you know, um, regularly. So it's not like a one-time, one-off uh, thing that we talk about, but we come back to that every year. Mm. So, we, you know, we really show them that we, uh, we don't only talk the talk, but we walk the walk. Mm. So I think cool. that is really, you know, show them that you mean business, that you want this. Uh, but also give them the tools but of Mm. course you know how are we supposed to do this well for once we we are now actually educating all our leaders and how to recruit in a more you know with diversity and inclusion in mind as well Mm. to take away kind of the biases that are there Uh, Mm. they might be unaware of but still still are there etc so quite those kind of concrete tools talk about it openly often Mm. Um, and be hands on.
0: That's super nice. And what do you think is the number one inclusive behavior leadership skill that is crucial to to get this work done?
2: I, th- I think you just need to have a very open mind mm. and really st- see the strength and diversity. Mm. You know, seeing you know, the, and 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 we did actually in the management team here. We uh, you know. We had group development to get us tighter as a group and with an external help, uh, and we do, did a few trainings where it was so clear that you know coming from various backgrounds, experiences, perspectives helped us to actually solve some of these kind of you know uh, business cases or things that we were presented together in a much better way than we did individually. Uh, so when you know when, when when presenting the solution one by one, we had very different ways of looking at it and solving it. But when we took all took all of the pieces together, it was such much so much better. Mm. Just seeing it that we as a group, also in a diverse perspective, were stronger. So mm. I think we can really prove that, get people to understand that.
1: Yeah. Because
2: I think being non diverse, non inclusive, if you will, is is unfortunately quite easy.
1: Yeah.
2: Because you know, um, looking yourself in the mirror and another person seeing yourself, it's quite easy. Just nodding your head, you agree. It's easy to talk to them because you know. There's no kind of, uh, you know, there's no conflict. There's no real, you know, pain points. Uh, there's no friction. But I think if it's too easy, I think, you know, you should have kind of an alarm clock in your head.
1: Mm. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: this, you know, we're missing something here. That kind yeah. of positive dynamic that you need to have and coming from various backgrounds.
0: Mm. And I've actually heard a sentence that said that we need to be comfortable to be uncomfortable as leaders. So maybe exactly. there is something in that. But what would you say are the typical pitfalls for an organization?
2: Well, I think it would, I mean that's one of them. Looking, looking when you recruit, you you know you're looking for someone that's quite similar to yourself. That yeah. you feel comfortable with that, and you kind of you know. Uh, so I think that that's one. Take away that kind of bias and make everyone that's recruit in a recruiting position aware of that. I think that's really crucial. Um, and really, you know, uh, have the kind of, you know, the the four-eye principle that someone above you also have to, you know, meet the one you're recruiting and approve that. Um, so I think that's one. Um, I mean, other pitfalls is just talking about it, not doing it. Mm. Mm. I think that, I mean, that just doesn't hold up anymore. Yeah. Um, if you do that, then don't, rather, don't do it at all. Don't talk about it even, you know? Yeah. So So I think, you know, <laughs> you need to be very concrete about it yeah uh, and also I, th- I think you also need to be very you know brave and open about you know the failures within this mm. Because of course I mean we don't do do it right all the time and we I mean we do things wrong mm. uh, be open about that yeah but, uh, but, and also discuss you know what did we learn and what you know do we bring with us for the future
1: mm. uh,
2: and, so and- I, I think those are some of the things and, and coming from a retail organization with many stores and headquarters I mean, uh, to be very transparent, we are better in diversity uh, in our stores than we actually are in our headquarters. Mm. And I think for us, that's a big weakness. And that's something that we are discussing, you know? Why Mm. is it like that? What can we actually do about it? Mm. Um, Because I think that's uh, that's a bit dangerous.
0: Yeah. And how do you tackle when it doesn't work in the organization? How do you, for example, tackle... If there are cases about discrimination or racism or or so what what happens then within kicks
2: well i mean uh, we've had you know we have a whistleblower system of course mm-hmm. so some some uh, top errands might come up that way uh, otherwise you know i can get reports of something not working in conflict etc mm-hmm. uh, but we have really you know a zero tolerance policy for that and it's mm-hmm. something that you know, either HR or me or, you know, the direct leader of that person will, will definitely take care of quickly. Mm. Uh, so as long as we, you know, we're aware of it and we get the information of, you know, something's not right here, mm. we'll, you know, we're not going to wait and sit around mm. uh, and act- actively go after it. Mm. Uh, because I, once again, you know, walk the walk. You need to yeah. show that yeah. if you yeah. say this, you need to act like that as well. You need exactly. to show that this is not okay. No, it's, uh, it's just so important.
1: Talk. Yeah,
2: too easy.
0: Too easy, and and I'm also curious about when we look at the big big trends ahead, like the mega trends that impacts our societies, economies, and us as individuals, no matter we want it or not. What trends do you see in your business that that forces you to work with the AI?
2: Well, I think you know that there's a. Uh... I think social media um, is kind of, you know, makes consumer trends go, you know, so fast, but it also, you know, enables consumers to be so open about their opinions about you as a company and as a retailer and, and you know, also online. So I, th- I think that really, you know, uh, it really forces us to always be on our toes. Uh, you know, and we can't hide because everything is out there. And, and you know, if, if we don't act accordingly, uh, the customers will let us know, right? And we are here for our customers. Mm. Ultimately, that's what it's all about for us. Mm. So I, I think that's kind of one, and, and social media has been, been here for a long time now, but I think that is, is a big change in the market for retail companies. Mm. That, you know, there's nowhere to hide anymore. Yeah. You're not, no longer in control of kind of the PR image of your company. Because if you do it wrong, you know, worst come to worst, it's going to be a PR storm in social media. And you just don't want that. Mm. so i actually think that's a good thing uh, yeah. you know kind of a mega trend that's forced a lot of companies mm. to once again walk the walk not only mm.
0: the- exactly and and i also we got a question because i i sent it out at linkedin uh, a question uh, if anyone wanted to ask you something special so we've yeah. got a question about uh what do you think how do you think Kicks would have looked like today if you started ten years earlier with uh, your work?
2: <laughs> wow, uh, a good question. Uh, well, I mean, uh, from from a DNI perspective, we would, you know, uh, have definitely come, you know, a further way. I, I think we're still kind of at the, at the starting point. I think we have it in our DNA to some degree in our company. Uh, But we are still kind of also working and struggling with, you know, how, what are the best ways? How, how what are we allowed to measure? How can we measure this? Because I'm a firm believer in data
1: Mm -hmm. and,
2: you know, what gets measured gets done if you follow up on it. And I think, I think that's something that we're kind of struggling with and we need to get better at. Um, I also think, you know, really, if if, you know, it's, it's all about if you talk about it, if you educate people, you know, it's going to be eventually kind of a tidal wave in itself mm. and we're not b- building up for that tidal wave, but yeah. it's not really there yet in the company. So we're, we're kind of, you know, waiting for the real tipping point for this mm. really, you know, flows over all of us. Mm. And, you know, if I would have started earlier, I think we would have been at that kind of, you know, tipping point already mm. and we, we, are, we would have seen uh, even greater results.
0: Yeah. And hopefully we are there before uh, 10 years <laughs> so hopefully it takes, <laughs> takes shorter time than than 10 years ahead yeah, but,
2: but but also I mean going back and I think just in, in, in you know business 10 years ago did we even talk about diversity and inclusion I, I don't really think so at least not at least not in Sweden and the Nordics in this way that we are today no. so I think it's uh, it's also about you know getting the acceptance and getting it out there broadly
1: yeah,
0: yeah. That's so true because when I started mid 2008, CS, we, companies only talked about DNI as like a small CSR question somewhere out there in the company. And and uh, you prefer to support with your money and budget into other countries in small projects. Mm-hmm. And now we talk about DNI from an investor perspective, like board management groups. It's a whole other. Mindset around DNI now, so it's it's, yeah. it's really interesting to see how this develop and 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 yeah. I would
1: say you
2: you were lucky if you had a, an HR department that were kind of working with I even
0: yeah yeah
1: so
2: once again I I think <laughs> yeah. you know a lot a lot has really happened yeah um, yeah in the last few years only
0: yeah that's true so, and
2: uh, it's kind of early days even though it shouldn't be.
0: No, exactly. But I'm also curious because two years ago we started a movement within Midlife that is called COs for Deny, and uh, you joined the second group that is up running now. We work together uh, with five other amazing COs in the group, and you are designing an action an action program together that we will launch at our symposium the 23rd of March, um, and uh, we will not uh talk much about that now because that will be a surprise at the symposium but why did you join this movement ready and and uh, what do you see so far how important is it as a as a, as the role of co to approach this you think and go together to push this yeah well, well
2: i think from my perspective you know the driving force was that we we were already working with this uh, but getting the possibility to to talk to other CEOs and really understand how they are working with it, share experiences, best practice, knowledge, discuss it, you know, what are the pitfalls, like we've been discussing, mm. what are the, you know, the things that you can do, how does the tool look, toolbox actually look like out there? I mm. think that's been, you know, the greatest thing. Mm. Um, because once again, I mean, if, if I am to not only talk, but also walk the walk, mm. uh, the more mm. I understand, the more I kind of, you know, just get get that from others as well. What they are doing, I think that's a great thing, and mm. then I can take it with me into my company and you know spread it spread it out there. Mm. So, so I think that has really been a strength uh, in the program. Um, mm. And once again, for me, it was you know just uh, the easiest easiest question to say yes to if I wanted to join,
0: <laughs> uh,
1: and I'm
2: very happy that that's I good. did.
0: Yeah, we're so happy to have you. But now, I'm also curious about if you would choose number one most important action to pass on to other organizations and specifically other CEOs. What would that be?
2: I would actually say two things. But one one thing is really you know um, read read about it or talk to other CEOs about it. But understand what DNI is. Uh, you know. And what does it actually entail and, and you know, um, because it's easy just to throw words around, but not really understand what, you know, what they mean in a very fundamental way.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so I
2: think really understanding the topic is really number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think number two, and it's part of that, it's, it's kind of understanding that if you really are open and willing to work with this, you need to understand what that will mean for you as a CEO and for you as a company. And you need to fully commit because Mm. you can't do it half-hearted. And you can't only, you know, uh, have it on a pretty PowerPoint for the board. Uh, So, you know, you you need to kind of, you know, go all in. Uh, You need to dare to do it and be open about it in the company. Uh, But that will also put a lot of pressure on you to, to, you know, deliver on it. Mm. Uh, So I think really, you know, understand what it is and be ready to fully commit.
0: Yeah. And that it's makes me curious, that,
2: that's that, going to be great,
0: that's perfect, but but still we see a lot of leaders and, and CEOs who who are the no sayers, who doesn't understand really why this is so important, how do we bring those on board, you think? Well,
2: wow. uh, I, th- I think we need to show them even more, you know, great examples of mm. actually, you know, how, how positive this is also for your bottom line, for your business. For your employer brand, uh, mm. and ultimately also for customers. Mm. So I think you, you need to show them kind of you know the real value, mm. and it's not only something pretty on the paper. It's not only about you know doing something that's more, maybe more of a goodwill you know gesture. Uh, this also has very concrete value, uh, and I think that's nothing to be ashamed about. I think that's just you know fantastic. Mm. Uh, if we can do good and create value out of that that's the best of two worlds, right? It is. Uh, so, so if you know, we can get more CEOs to understand that, I think the movement and, you know, that will build up to this kind of tidal wave and tipping point uh, mm. will come sooner la- rather than later.
0: So let's see what we can do uh, ahead with yeah. our movement, CEOs for Deny, to inspire more to do more. But thank you, Freddie. You're a true inspiration. And we're so happy to have this conversation since we know many will listen and get inspired and actually get some hands on tools uh, around Deny. Um, so that is important too. So have a great day. And uh, thank you again. Uh, and, uh, Yeah, let's wrap this up by saying that be the change we want to see, right?
2: Exactly, so many thanks, Sophia. Have a great (laughs) day. Thank you,
0: bye-bye.